You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 106, that's 106 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Malisha. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? I'm good. What have you been up to? Oh my God, it's uh, <laughs> it's just been a lot going on. It's been busy. I've been working on lots of uh, big projects. I've just wrapped up uh, a very big shoot. Uh, so... Um, yeah, lots, lots and lots and lots. What about okay. you? Um, what about me? I feel like I'm stumbling to the end of the finish line of 2016. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to having a few days off just because um, the last couple of months have been so jam-packed that I haven't had time to breathe. Mm. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually kind of looking forward to, I usually am not looking forward to the break. I don't know why. why. Is that? It's you I find like it not so work. boring. Oh, do you? Like so boring. Mm. Um, but uh, especially in, you know, um, years gone past, many people will know that the summer period in Australia is non-ratings television period, which means all of the crap is put on the TV. <laughs> but now we have Netflix. So yes. you're not, we're not at the mercy of television programming. We can watch whatever we want whenever we want. So that's pretty good and you can actually relax and not be too bored. So there you go. That's what Hey, so, so on that TV note, uh, mm. and this is kind of photography related, I've gotten into suits. Have you watched that? Yeah. yeah. The photography is brilliant. On suits? Yes. Okay. And the, and the, and the um, colour grading that they use and uh, just do yourselves a favour if you've got access to that show, just uh, watch a couple of episodes um, and uh, have a look at the way they shoot it. They've always got sort of beautiful foreground elements. They use beautiful colour. It's really well shot. I appreciated it for that and it's oh. good sort of mind-numbingly like kick back and watch. <laughs> well, you know how it's about, you know, Harvey and Mark. Mike, yeah. Harvey Specter and Mike Ross, and yeah. they're often pictured together in their suits with their tie. Yeah. So I yeah. tried to replicate their, you know, that photo, but with Rex and Rocky wearing ties. <laughs> so cute. Oh my God. <laughs> and people were saying, well, you can tell which one Harvey is. <laughs> <laughs> they're my two cats for anyone who is yeah. new to this podcast and they're subject to photograph yes, yes they are super right. cute <laughs> all right suits <laughs> is that yeah. what you'll be doing over the christmas break 
No, I think I'll be uh, catching up, Val, on uh, all the stuff that I've put, you know, that's gone to the bottom of the list that I'll mm. go, I'll do all of that in the break. So I think uh, in the break I've got, uh, you know, a couple of thousand things to catch up on. And uh, But hopefully I'll be able to uh, enjoy a bit of a rest as well and I'm looking forward to that very awesome. much. Yeah. Now, watch. we have a shout-out to Ian Hume, don't we? Yes. So uh, Ian and uh, a few other people sent uh, a little link to an article about um, thieves that were busted with 30000 worth of stolen Nutella. And I think um, people were implying that maybe I might have been involved because so. uh, they're saying that the uh, the website that reported it uh, was a .com.au site. And so, yeah, no, it wasn't me. But if I could work out, uh, it was just – it sounds like my – Absolute happy place. Imagine yes. having a truckload. You know what I do with a truckload of Eat Nutella? I would fill the bath. And <laughs> oh my god, I had a Nutella donut yesterday. Yeah. Oh, sugar high. I know. It's just too good. It's yeah, good it's stuff. Too it's good. still my favourite thing is with ice cream, Val. Oh, yes. I know. I've seen it. So, um, but this isn't a show about Nutella. It's actually no. a show about <laughs> photography. And before we get on to this week's topic, which is awesome, it's how to create high-end looking portraits using cheap lighting. We have a couple of listener questions, don't we? Yes. So, our first question um, I'm not sure who it's from, actually. Gina, I don't know if you know. But uh, the question is, hey, folks, I've gotten the go-ahead from my wife to spend a chunk of money to help (laughs) me really get started in my photography business, and now I need some input. I currently have a D7000 50mm 1.8G and 85mm 1.8G and a newer speed light setup with remote trigger and an Octobox. So the Mm -hmm. question is, should I get... Now, option one is a Nikon D750 and a Tamron 70-200 and Tamron 24-70 or option two, a Nikon D750 and a Tamron 70-200 but then more lights and accessories, either more speed Mm. lights or a couple of alien bees as opposed to the 24-70. Right. Gina. So, um, I think, and that's uh, congratulations. And sorry, I've, I'll, I'll find the uh, I, I, for some reason the uh, the name of the person that p- posted this awesome question has <laughs> slipped off from the top of the link. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, but I think uh, fantastic that when uh, funds are released for this sort of thing, it's often that you got to talk someone into like you know the importance of having new gear. But I think um, the the option that I would go for is uh, option one where you get the D750, the 70 to 200 mil lens and the 24 to 70 mil lens over getting uh, more speed lights or a couple of alien bees. So I see that you've already got uh, a newer speed light set up uh, with remote trigger. Uh, I would uh, focus on uh, learning how to work with that and to work with daylight first and then having uh, the range of lenses is going to come in a lot more handy than having like only a 70 to 200 and some lights because you miss that whole uh, sort of wider range 24 to 70 is not in your kit and I think it's really important to have that as well so uh, I would go with the option one having the uh, the better lenses 
with the slightly better camera over having uh, one good lens, one good camera and extra lights, you can always hire the lights fairly uh, cheaply um, and then uh, hopefully uh, be able to have more funds released next Christmas <laughs> for, for the extra lights. So that would be my go. And always uh, perhaps be on the lookout for uh, secondhand versions of lights because often people buy them uh, mm. and you can get some great bargains in lighting where people buy them and then actually never use them, Val, and they're just sitting in their uh, garages or mm. spare rooms, uh, you know, with all the best intentions, but they never ever got around to using them. So you can, yeah, always pick up a bargain there. Yep, great, great um, answer. Love it. Um, okay, so we also have a couple of shout outs to Wick Dirt. I think that's how I say it. Wick Dirt, uh, who has left us a review and rating on iTunes. And um, Wick Dirt, who's actually Craig, has said, <laughs> Congratulations, ladies. I have now been listening to your podcast for the past five months. And I must say, I enjoy each and every episode you have done to date. The way you explain all the technical mumbo jumbo so all us newbies can understand is very grateful. Love the banter between yourselves, makes it even more entertaining to listen to you while in the car. I either going to work or coming home from work. I only hope one day you could help us with understanding copyrights oh, mm. or can point us just starting out into the right direction to obtain the information we seek in closing. In, in, keep up the great work, ladies. Many thanks, Craig. Uh, on your Craig. That's on awesome. On your Craig, yes. Fantastic. <laughs> and, you know, thank you for taking the time to leave that um, review. We also have from Robert Borbley, love your podcast. I was ready to subscribe to one of the other podcasts paid membership and came across your pod podcast accidentally. So, so far this week, I've listened to the last 23 episodes. Oh, oh my binging. God. <laughs> wow. And love it. And just waiting now for membership to read open. P.S. Gina Militia, I love your voice. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, of course, Robert is talking about the gold membership in the Gina Militia community, which is um, an awesome group of people, dynamic, fantastic um, yeah. group of uh, people who are in that membership. And in that membership, um, Gina does mentoring. Um, today, even, she just did a live yeah. uh a live mastermind so you can ask all of your questions to Gina and get feedback on any question that you have but feedback on your photos as well you don't even have to wait for the live masterminds you can get photo critiques from Gina um, in this membership now as Robert said memberships currently closed but there is a waiting list so make sure you join the waiting list so just go to Gina Militia that, that's M-I-L-I-C-I-A dot com and click on join the community and if you do have 30 seconds to leave us a review or rating on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it as well because it really helps us in the rankings. So thank you to Craig and Robert for, yeah, that's for doing awesome. that. Yeah. Um, let's move on now to this week's topic. I love it. <laughs> How to create high-end looking portraits using cheap lighting. Now, I particularly yes. like this because... If I have any kind of lighting, it's cheap. <laughs> so, where do we start, Gina? Your lighting's not cheap. That's quite respectable, Valerie. It dresses well. And <laughs> uh. <laughs> 
let's um let's uh basically uh define what high end lighting is. All and right, I'm just so high start. end lighting is what I don't have. <laughs> right, so by basically pointing out that uh, all lighting does behave in the same manner. It all travels in a straight line and uh, you can actually get any kind of lighting to uh, look like a higher end style of lighting that's created from a very expensive uh, light source from uh, a cheap uh, light source um, you know, like a, a table lamp or something like this, mm-hmm. you can almost get that to look like it was created in a, a high-end studio just by understanding some of the principles of lighting. And it, and it can sound really complicated, but if you break it down the way I tend to break things down, mm-hmm. uh, it, it can be uh, – it, it, it's definitely achievable and I really encourage everyone at home to uh, start uh, – so the thing that um, happens as you get more experience with photography and you spend more time looking at light, Val, and I think mm-hmm. you probably found this from the time that when you first started, like with your your uh, first uh, lighting setup, when you first started filming and you got those, mm-hmm. uh, your first set of lights that I probably did laugh at a little <laughs> bit. Tonight. Yes. Um, but but – uh, was trying to explain to you uh, the difference, but it's like if you use, you know, to get modelling on the face and all of that, and I could see that there, at some points uh, you're a bit sort of uh, um, confused by that because, <laughs> yes. it's, because it's like, and I think the best analogy is like when um, someone becomes really good at drinking wine, and I'm not talking about good at it as in the way you do it, you can put it away quickly. I mean good <laughs> at it as because <laughs> you're good at drinking wine Val um, as in good at it as you it's have it's good to a have some skills isn't it <laughs> as in more discerning uh, a palate and I certainly don't have that but the, like you know you see uh, wine drinkers who can um, have, a, have a, a sip of wine and they can break it down and they'll tell you like the uh, the type of uh, wood that was used to uh, to the, the barrel that the, 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 the was made of for the barrel that the wine went into whether there was any other you know fruits blended in and they can pick up on all these little subtle um flavors in the wine whereas uh when you first start drinking wine it all tastes the same yes (laughs) wine is wine is wine and uh but as you go along your palate um starts to differentiate and that's by practice but when uh, and it's exactly the same with lighting. It's like when you're first starting out in photography, you're walking to a re- light looks the same everywhere. And as uh, as you go along, you start to see the subtle little shifts uh, in lighting and um, how certain light modifiers will affect a, an image. And uh, you'll start to notice little subtleties in backlighting and little pockets of light everywhere. And you can um, that that that's it's when you start to see light well uh, that you can really take your work to the next level so if you want to speed up this process i actually mm-hmm. encourage everyone to go out to uh, a thrift shop and buy yourself like uh 
a little set of, uh, uh, you know, those you can get those models, those little artists, those little wooden artist models that you can bend to whatever shape oh, yes. you want. Yeah, yes. or something, or even cheaper, just get yourself a little, uh, you know, fake Barbie doll. Or um, do you know yeah. that uh, that comedian? Oh, a real Barbie doll. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you've got a real life Barbie doll, then by all means. But uh, Amy Schumer is playing yeah, Barbie. Barbie. Mm. How cool is that? Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. So um, get yourself like a little doll. You can get them for like 50 cents in a, in a thrift shop. You might have your own little set of – did you play with Barbies as a kid? I had Skipper. What was that? Not Barbie. The poor person's Barbie. <laughs> the poor, you had the poor version of Barbie. Yeah. But, but – even um, don't get a Barbie doll because they're not realistic. Like if you measured Barbie, she would probably not have all the ribs and her intestines wouldn't work properly and uh, her, she'd have kidney failure because it's <laughs> like her proportions aren't right. Her head's yes. a little small. You want a sort of slightly uh, sort of uh, larger style of Barbie, so a, like a, a slightly larger doll or one of those artist models are perfect. And a um, LED torch. Um, uh, like a small light source and ideally one of those uh, LED torches that you can uh, change the uh, the, the um, focus of the light and also that, that's dimmable. And there's mm-hmm. cheapies as well of those that you can use batteries with. So just with that and a model, you can actually start to play around with that with your camera and um, have a look at what happens when the light is directly overhead. Mm-hmm. Um, and when the light is right up close next to the face, what happens to the light, how it wraps around the face, take the light further away and notice how the contrast changes and take photos and really just start to look. Don't worry about the colour temperature or what what's happening, uh, how it affects the light. Don't get hung up on all of that sort of stuff don't worry about how the how the dolls posing forget mm-hmm. about all that just look at light um a really good exercise and uh i think that for photographers starting out um probably before you start uh getting uh flash gear out i think you should invest in a really cheap set of uh portable light uh, of lighting like the ones that you got val Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to continuous lighting systems and you can get them for like next to nothing and even uh, cheaper than that, get yourself a couple of um, table lamps from a, from a secondhand shop for, you know, five bucks each. So mm-hmm. uh, as a, a light source and uh, use those so that you can actually see what the light's doing. So the difference between um, high-end lighting and, uh, you know, any other kind of light is basically all it is is when you're uh, working with high-end lighting, you, you you want a style of lighting that's going to be uh, consistent. Like when you turn it on, it's always going to have the same output. So you'll get that with the higher-end styles of lighting. Maybe a cheaper style of lighting, it's going to be uh, that you're not sure if it's going to uh, put out the same output every single time. So that's why that's what you're paying for. You're paying for the color temperature of the light when you're buying a high-end kit so um, the better lighting kits the, the more money you pay uh, the color temperature t- tends to be neutral there's no color cast so it's like when you uh, get a cheaper style of glass valve you know those splashbacks that you get in your kitchen mm. you get the cheap glass it's green 
Mm, yes. Expensive glass. I think cheap glass across the board has got a green tinge. Expensive glass is crystal clear. There is no colour tint. Mm-hmm. So you don't have a colour tint in the more the higher end gear. And the higher end gear is also built better. It's built to last. It's built to be turned on, turned off, uh, knocked around a little bit, and it stays. But the, the lower end gear... Um, will still do the same thing, but you might get um, the colour temperature. It might be a little bit warm. It might be a little bit green. It might be a little bit magenta, and uh, the build might not be as good. Bits might fall off Mm -hmm. uh, and not likely to be consistent. And you'll pay more to have more power in your light, Mm. and you'll have more bells and whistles like... the ability to uh, drop the power all the way down if you want to do uh, shooting on, uh, you know, wide open on your aperture, like shallow depth of field, uh, high-speed sync, things like bells and whistles like TTL and, like, lots of little lights and and, uh, computer-operated systems, and they do everything for you. Um, They even make you a cup of tea and quite a critique your your shooting as you're going. And and, uh, imagine if you had a light that did that... um, it's, uh, yeah, no, not there, a bit to the left, uh, bit to the left. Over a bit, over. <laughs> yeah, get model to drop her shoulder a bit. Yeah, that's better. That's good. Got it, got it, got it. With an Australian accent, yeah, that would be, would be very high end though, would it? No. Um, and, uh, and doing things like focusing your light beam as well so you can have like a, a wider light beam, a narrow light beam. So they're the sort of things um, – you get when you pay a higher-end kit. And the reason you'd want to spend the bucks is if you were shooting high-end advertising campaigns, they would expect you to have consistency of style and you might be shooting, uh, you know, a number of different jobs across the year, say, uh, you know, the the board of, a, you know, uh, the, the, the CEO and all the board members, but you do them at different times across the year, but they want everyone to look the same. And if you were bringing out your sort of um, less consistent lighting style, the colour temperature would be different in each shot, the look would be different and so you'd want something more consistent and you know works and also if you've got a cast, uh, you know uh, Victoria's Secrets models on the set that are being paying $50 billion an hour just to be there and you rock up with your $25 light and then you plug it in and it doesn't work it's not going to be good is it Val? (laughs) So so, you know, if you're doing the higher-end kind of work, it pays to have the higher-end kind of lighting. But mm. if you're learning, mm. there's no reason why you have to have all of that gear. It's not going to make a difference to the photography. You'll still see what the light does and you'll still be able to achieve really great shots using this style of lighting and if you've got it you can practice on it so the first set of lights i bought i got them second hand i think i paid like 10 bucks each with the rickety stand um but that it was a really great way for me to practice my lighting have something that i could work with all the time and and have a way that i could see exactly uh what the lighting was doing so i think um I think it's really good to start out with continuous lights. And again, if you get if you don't want to go and buy photography lights, even cheaper again is just go and um, get the, the the lamp out of your off your bedside table and use that, or a, a reading lamp, or one off your desk. There must be one in the house somewhere. So tell me why um, why do you suggest that we start with continuous lights? 
The reason you start with continuous lighting is because you can actually see what the lighting is doing, Val. So it's a so, great... Okay, that makes sense so, to me. In, and if that's the case then, why switch to flashlighting? It's a power thing, Val. So the thing about continuous lighting is you can only get a certain level of lighting. So even when you see um, on the big uh, movie sets where they bring and and they use they won't use flash on to to film TV mm. shows or movies. Mm. They use con a continuous light source. But even the, the the really massive lights that they use, you will not be able to get like uh, shoot at f twenty two and uh, be able to freeze action or or, or with with the continuous lights they're just not bright enough right okay, okay. so uh -huh. and, and so that's the difference that's so, providing you need a lot of power in the in your lights yeah so yeah. but the but if you're um if you're just wanting to light portraits mm -hmm. you can actually still get uh enough light to get a decent shot and like flash was only invented maybe in the i don't know start of the century 30s 40s or something like that <laughs> um and uh so before then they used continuous lighting and mm. you know before they had lights at all you just had to hold really still i think they used to put rods up at like to make people prop them up so that they could stay perfectly still for like the one or two second exposure. And that's why those really old photos that you see, uh, people don't look very animated because they weren't able to move because otherwise the shot would be out of yes. focus. Um, but the continuous lighting and the other advantage of like the today's cameras, uh, actually you can up the ISO. So mm. you can actually get away with shooting in a lot lower lighting conditions mm. and still get great shots. So you don't even need as much light. So I think, um, I think using the continuous lighting is a really, really good way because it's because it's it's uh, cheap. Uh, it's simple because of the fact that you can see it. So it's very easy to tweak. It can get – and then everything that you've learnt from using continuous lights, you can then apply – to using flash because all the principles are exactly the same, only you've got more power to work with um, uh, using flash. By the way, flash photography was invented in 1887 using magnesium powder, but <laughs> the first commercially viable flash bulb to hit the market was in 1930. In right. case oh, you were all wondering. You put on your valve and <laughs> you just... Got that. You just happen to know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love Google. Yes. Um, all right. So uh, shall we sort of talk about some cheap kinds of lights that you can get into? Please, yes. Are these continuous right. lights? Yeah. So, yes. so okay. you can get the cheapest chips uh, variety. So like I said, the lamp. A, like a your bedside table lamp yeah, or just any table with floor the, lamp. A floor lamp and and some of them like um, I've got a couple here that have got like a little frost bit of frosted glass um, oh, yes. over the end and uh, I think uh, I've seen my daughter even use that and she calls that her selfie light. She turns it on and then <laughs> uses it as her light to do selfies. So um, torches can be good if you can sort of diffuse the front because they can kind of be a bit hard but at mm. the right angle they'll make a good light. LED lights are great and the, the some of my favourites are those um, lights that they use, the long fluoro tubes that they use uh, for workshops. And, uh, are you that serious? They Aren't they a bit harsh? 
Uh, no, because uh, used the right way, they're actually uh, quite good. So it's uh, it's not uh, the hardness of the light because if you uh, – the way the way you work it and the proximity to your model is going to change the look of the light. So um, if you tilt it in the right angle, you can actually get a really nice looking light out of even those. I know we, we hate fluoro as a general mm. rule, mm. but if used well, you can actually get really nice uh, lighting out of it. And uh, I just uh, noticed that I was on a uh, I've been on a lot of planes lately um, <laughs> in the last couple of weeks and. Um, I went I was on a um a particular airline and in their bathroom they have a ring light in the um airline toilets and it's beautiful and it's actually not a circle it's an oval and it's huge so it's the entire size of the mirror so it'd be like um you know maybe a half a meter wide by you know nearly um three quarters of a meter tall so it's a nice big oval Mm. and and it beautifully lights your face and then it gives you these perfect ovals and and I wanted to go back to my seat and get my get my phone oh. and take a selfie in there because it was such a good and then I was like how can I rig one of these up to have as a light because it was perfect which is exactly the light that you just bought it like but you've got the circle version of yeah. your diva light that you yes. love that I love yes. <laughs> when you use that light so I loved it so much I went and bought my own so that's fluoro Val. yes 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 so you can see when it's used the right way that mm. fluoro lighting as long as it as wraps long as you don't use place, it sort of like in the ceiling yeah, so where, where fluoro, they usually are. No, well, where they abuse it is in like those um, uh, takeaway restaurants, <laughs> you know, yes. where it's above. Uh, and also, for some reason, why do all nightclubs like you're having a good time in a mm. nightclub, dancing, dancing away, and you're having the best time until you go to the bathroom and you, oh. look, you catch a look at your reflection in the fluoro lighting, and then you just want to yes. go home. A man designed that bathroom, though. It's awful. It's so unfair. But if they had the same lighting that was on the airline Mm. toilet bathroom, people would stay at the club (laughs) all night. Okay, you you tell that to the next nightclub owner that you talk to, Tina. <laughs> and sort of while I'm on a roll, Val, they yes. also have that lighting in the change rooms of most department stores. The bad lighting? It's cheap fluoro lighting and mm. they would sell, I reckon, 10 times more outfits if they had low sort of soft lighting and they tilted the mirrors slightly. Disguise. Mm. Yeah, 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 and so everyone looked really lighting. good, mm. and you would you would you would increase sales. I don't yes. understand why they do it. So lighting is mm. very important. So there's some uh, some cheap options that if you have these in your kit, you can create uh, some of these uh, options that I'm going to give you now. So uh, okay. if you want to spend a few more bucks, you can actually get continuous lighting kits that so they're sort of they're, you get the stands as well, um, mm. and they range from being um, and they just use the Fluoro bulbs that are in um, everyday household lighting, so they're 
they're cheap to replace the bulbs. It's not like you have to have special bulbs in them. Mm-hmm. But again, then they've got modifiers on them so that you'll get a sort of a nice soft look to the light. But you've got something that you can um, play with. And also uh, in the, you know, spending a few more bucks, you can get something like a ring light, mm. which is beautiful for creating uh, portraits. Other accessories that you might want to invest in uh, at the very cheaper end, something like a, a white sheet or uh, one of those um, sort of opaque shower curtains make really good uh, light modifiers because they soften the light. You, you mean, and what would you do with it exactly? Would you drape it over the light or would you get somebody to so hold it in front or what? with hot lights because we don't want to create fire here. So no. you remember that the lights are continuous but they actually get hot. So I yes. would not recommend that you actually put it over the the bulb itself because once Mm -hmm. the bulb has contact uh, with any material it can get quite flammable you don't want to be burning down the house so things like this you would put them in front of the light but never touching the actual glow how would you hang it so you, you can it? actually uh, like hang it from the ceiling or um, just sort of uh, MacGyver a little frame that you can have it on. Mm. Uh, uh, any any way that you can have it in front, like tracing paper uh, clipped onto the edge of the if the if the light's got a, uh, a reflector on it, like a, a metal mm. reflector, you can clamp um, tracing paper mm-hmm. onto the front mm-hmm. of the reflector using a wooden peg. And the yep. reason you use a wooden peg is because they won't um, conduct the uh, the heat so you can take the paper off and you and it won't burn your fingers um, mm. and uh, yeah and scrim or white sheets in front of the light um, soften the light and spread it so and also the other thing that you can you know those pop-up diffusers you the the, the reflectors five in ones you oh, can yes. use the, uh, the insert of one of those which is also uh, translucent and you put one of those in front of the light and suddenly you've created uh, a way to soften your light so you've got your basic Great. lights you've either got your cheapest cheap lamp from um, Arnie Jan uh, <laughs> or uh, you've got you've spent a, a few extra bucks and you've got some uh, LED or lighting kits and then you've got these really simple accessories that you can put in front of the light to uh, soften it and uh, like even cheaper than that is you just uh, turn the light uh, into a white wall and let it reflect off the white wall and that's like bouncing light uh, oh, and that yes. acts like a big uh, a sort of uh, reflector as well and so but you can see what happens with the light and experiment with that or mm. just play around with the hard lighting and you can see start to see exactly what it does does and that's so that's why I say get the little um the sort of slightly bigger than Barbie um uh doll that's Mm -hmm. got better proportions uh slightly bigger head and the reason I say that it would be good to have like a you know something five times bigger than Barbie would that be life size no (laughs) no size but I just want a decent size so that you can see on the face what the light's doing so um a decent size uh, doll unless you own your own real life Barbie and if anyone does have a real life Barbie in their life just you know post a photo in the um, the Facebook community I'd love to meet her um, so now the issue what I just want to see who's got and if anyone's got a real life Ken in their life 
Did you have a Ken doll too? No, I did not because I had Skipper, remember? Who was Skipper's boyfriend? Skipper didn't have a boyfriend. Really? Skipper, Skipper was very independent. Really? Yes. Oh. <laughs> she didn't need a man. <laughs> <laughs> Skipper what? was very happy by herself. Was she? Yeah. <laughs> Good on her. Good on Skipper. Um, so the other thing that I um, people get hung up about uh, in photography is the whole idea of white balance. Oh, and yes. Yeah. So for this mm. exercise, I want you to not worry about that and just focus on. So we talked it about the – It can be quite uh, confusing. I know, mm. but learning to peel potatoes before yeah. <laughs> we uh, cook the steak, right? So okay. it's a step-by-step approach. Take – the white balance out of the equation and maybe just for this exercise shoot in black and white so even if you want to change your camera setting to black and white so you're not suddenly getting all bamboozled by the fact that your images are green or magenta or Mm. blue or yellow don't worry about that this is all about just seeing what the light is doing and um you can uh sort of then as a next step start playing with correct white balance to get the the color cast off your images but for this it's all about understanding what the light is doing getting the shape of the light right because we're Mm. suddenly you're trying to you know before you it's like getting someone to stand on a tightrope and then juggle at the same time well first try master standing then maybe get on the (laughs) tightrope and then maybe do juggling you know Mm -hmm. but not all at once, which is what happens when you try and worry about, you know, people try and get all um, into the hot everything about photography all at once and you're yes, never really true. understanding any of the little elements. So this is just about seeing the light. Um, so if – Uh, If you're ready to – if you feel that, like, yes, I love this idea of understanding light, but I really, really want to understand light balance at the same time, you want to stand on the tightrope and juggle, um, Mm. then I encourage you to check out EP68, which is called Skin Deep, How to Colour Balance and Expose Skin Tones. And that covers uh, everything pretty much that you need to know about colour temperatures of different light source, light sources, and uh, there's lots of good guides in there to help you understand. But basically what I would do for this is uh, just uh, either switch your camera to black and white or if you know what lighting um, source you are using, if you know that it's a fluorescent light, you can actually switch your camera's white balance onto fluorescent or tungsten um, uh, to change that. But I, I wouldn't even do that. I would just shoot black and white so you can see the the, the style of light that you're using. All right? Mm. Yeah, um, absolutely. So um, now we've got all these different lighting styles, Val, and basically I've uh, put into the show notes some little uh, diagrams that you can see. They're little bird's eye view diagrams. And yep. basically uh, what you can do is uh, have a bounce board and that can be a, uh, a bit of white paper or uh, a, a proper reflector, one of those five-in-ones where you've got silver, gold, black, 
uh, mm-hmm. white. Um, just take the gold um, carefully with a, a knife, just sort of cut out around the rim, around uh, fold the it rim. in half, fold it in half again and fold it in half again and throw it in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> you and your thing about you really got something against the gold reflector and, you know, I'm, I don't hate it that much. But anyway, back to no, the bounce don't, board. don't do that to the gold side because I no. think on the other side it's got silver. So you do need the side. So flick it so that you've got uh, white and silver on one side. And uh, the first thing I want you to do is uh, set your uh, reflector up on a, uh, a light stand or um, balance it on the uh, edge of a chair uh, in a way that you can bring it uh, right up close to your model and uh, and you can back it off. And what I want you to do is have a light that is um, – uh, directly uh, opposite your model. You can have it on a 45-degree angle or you can have it at a 90-degree angle to your model. And then I want you to experiment through the camera and see what happens when you've got the reflector uh, right up next to your model and, when, and, and how the light changes when you back that reflector off uh, as much as possible. And just to help you with this exercise, it would be really beneficial maybe if you did it at night when there wasn't mm. any daylight polluting the shot or in a room that you could close off with curtains so that you wasn't any daylight and you're just seeing what the light is doing. So probably a good idea to do it at night, Val. So, yes, um, and there's some really good diagrams of this in the show notes, which you can find at GinaMilitia.com. But basically Gina's talking about about having the light kind of, if you're looking at 12 o'clock, have the light say at 10 o'clock and, mm-hmm. and so, so that it's shining on, well, you or if the model, sorry, I'll, I'll say that, if the model is looking at 12 o'clock, have the light at 10 o'clock onto the model but then have the reflector to their right-hand side, so at 3 o'clock. Does yeah. that kind of what you're so saying? If the, or, so if the model was the middle of the clock. Yes, that's right. The model is the middle of the clock, Tina. <laughs> the model is the middle of the clock. Try the try the light at 3 o'clock and the reflector at 9 o'clock. And then also. <laughs> that's um, completely opposite to what I said. Depends well, where you're I'm looking at the, the bird's clock. eye view, right? And then no, also Gina. try the light at 5 o'clock. <laughs> And the reflector no, at no, night. No, 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 no. Just pretend. <laughs> no, don't confuse everyone. Everyone just listen to me. Seriously, do not listen to Gina. I know what she means. And if you are the model, <laughs> the light is at 10 o'clock and the reflector is at 3 o'clock. Trust me. Gina, do not speak any further on that subject. <laughs> so, um, but the, the, the whole, just the exercise of moving the reflector Back and forth, Val, mm. show you uh, how fill light works really simply and really quickly and give you an understanding. And doing this in a darkened room mm. is going to make you understand it a lot easier because if you're in dark light, it's really confusing because you actually don't know how the available light is affecting the shot. So now you can see at a glance uh, how the reflector affects the shot and how you can easily create a moody shot where you've got half the image is in shadow and the other uh, image is lit and how to um, either increase the shadow or diminish the shadow just by using one light and one reflector. Mm-hmm. Yep. Great, right. great exercise, definitely. 
So you can do exactly the same exercise, Val, using two lights. So you can bring one light up very close and uh, one light at the same distance and then slowly back one light away and mm-hmm. see how that changes the look of your light, of the, the face mm. and the, the, the shadow on the face and the modelling on the face and uh, you'll see so quickly how that works. And while you're doing this, understand that if you were using flash, it would be exactly the same the only difference is you would have slightly more power. Mm, mm. All right, shot. And you can do that with uh, there's another diagram where you've got the light in front of the model and a light behind them. So you can do the same mm. exercise over again. What happens to the backlight if I bring it up close? If I back it off, how does it change the look of my model? And then you can repeat the whole exercise by adding another light um, and you can put a light on the background. And how does that mm. affect the background? Um, and so on and so forth. And rinse, repeat. I think the key thing is that. When people are on an actual shoot with, you know, a client or somebody who they don't know that well, they're scared to do this because they don't want to seem like they are experimenting and don't want to be seen like they're wasting time or or, yep. or don't want to be seen like they don't know what they're doing. So definitely take the time to have either a Barbie doll or your your daughter or your friend or whatever who who isn't care who who, who isn't going to care that you're doing it for learning purposes. And mm. the great thing, of course, about digital photography. It doesn't cost you anything like it used to, you know, it used to cost us so much money to get our yeah. film developed and all of that. So now you have the opportunity to do these sorts of experiments and really learn from them. It's just that a lot of people don't bother, but it's a really great exercise, what you're suggesting. Yep. Mm, and then fantastic. you can take that you can take that further, Val, and uh, once you've seen what's possible just by those uh, simple techniques and those uh, three or four little diagrams that I've given you are just like uh, how you can change the uh, look and feel of a simple headshot just by adding extra lighting and uh, changing the lighting ratios. So the difference between the highlight side to the shadow side is a lighting ratio. Uh, and then you can uh, step it up. So again, we, we started, we were standing with both feet on the ground now we can uh, step up onto the tightrope and we can try and um, shape the light a bit better by changing the angle that we use it so if you want to try something that looks more like beauty lighting you can try and bring the light uh, directly above your model um, and um, front on in camera and then have a, a reflector underneath and you can get again try go through the same exercise what does the light look like when it's up close to the chin and and, and what happens uh, with the light above and what happens if I shift it slightly to the left and slightly to the right what mm. happens if I move my reflector closer what happens if I take my reflector reflector away altogether what happens if I reverse it and just use the silver side what happens if I use the white side what happens if I use the gold side we all know what happens when you use the gold side don't do it what happens if I use the black side so yeah Val, right. what happens when you use the black side of a reflector it absorbs the light and yeah, doesn't so reflect anything back it, it's, so that it's, side's going to be darker 
it subtracts light, so mm. it makes it darker. So you can add mood to a shot just by using the black side instead of a white side so, instead of the white side. So um, it, it, it's a really good exercise mm. to, to use. And then you can try uh, doing the same technique, uh, creating split lighting, and the same technique again to create a Rembrandt lighting. I now, completely forgot to do that. Like this week, literally the last two days. I was in a situation where I just need I, – I should have done that, use the black – I never think of using the black side. Oh, I just, you wanted to I create just, more modelling, Val, to yeah, your face. I just didn't be... – I just – you know, it just doesn't enter my brain to, to use the black side and I should totally have done that. Instead, yep. we were trying everything. We were using – we were just – make you know getting sort of multiple layers of different scrims and um in an attempt to make uh, with opaque things in attempt to block out lights and uh of course why don't didn't i think of that thank you for sharing that gina <laughs> not a problem Val. and so the thing that if you look through um high-end magazines or mm. you see billboards or you see great photography the thing about high-end or great photography is when you look at the photos it's um, it's it's hard to see the lighting, the traces of lighting. It's not obvious when you look at photography. That's uh, perhaps a bit more uh, from uh, someone that's just starting out. The uh, the issues, and we've talked about this in common rookie lighting mistakes. But the, the the most common mistakes that you see is the lighting is very hard, or it'll be set in a way that it, like the nose will catch the light, the edge of the light, and you'll get a big shadow where the nose mm. was. It'll be quite harsh in the look. And the transition from shadow to highlight um, is very hard. So there'll be uh, a lot of contrast and it looks rough and the people sort of, you can tell it's lit and the lighting doesn't suit the environment. So really good lighting um, is really soft and the trans um, the, the sort of transition from shadow to highlight is really gradual and it's really beautiful. And you can achieve this look using um, cheaper lighting. Uh, you're not always going to get the, the right color. So we'll just not worry about that for this exercise and just go with black and white. And mm. really, I think this is an exercise that if you spent, uh, you know, the, if you've got some uh, time off coming up over the next couple of weeks, just uh, and you've got some extra family members kicking around, just um, ask them to come and help you each night, and uh, and tr or or try and do selfies. It's very difficult, and uh, yeah, you get you get a great shot that way. Awesome. Ah. Well, there you go. Um, how yep. to create high-end looking portraits using cheap lighting, which is definitely something <laughs> that I use. <laughs> so, um, fantastic. I really like this idea. How did you come up with this idea? I don't know, Val. You don't, don't ask me these questions. I just, <laughs> like, you know, they just, they just come. <laughs> awesome well it's almost in the lead up to christmas what will you be doing in the next week until we speak again uh so uh immediately uh i'm going to collapse into bed right yeah, now okay. so i've actually yeah i'm just uh yeah, because in I fact you just sleep. arrived on a plane today, didn't you? I just you? got in now. Yeah, now mm. I did the uh, the mastermind recording, and now I'm recording this. Uh, my suitcase is still by the door. I haven't even oh um, tackled that. Um, yeah, so well, good uh, on you. We applaud you for 
your commitment. Thank you. So go and collapse. And yeah. um, we look forward to chatting to you again next week. But in the meantime, where do we find you on social media? I mean, on oh, online. Mate. Oh, so GinaMilitia.com, so that's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A, at Gina Militia on Twitter and at Gina Militia on um, Instagram, and then you can find me uh, in the Facebook uh, community as well, Val. Yes, so if you want to have a look at the Facebook community, just join us. It's free. It's called So You Want to Be a Photographer Podcast Community, and we'd love to connect with you there. Some awesome um, conversations happening there, and uh, – uh, remember also to check out the gold community at GinaMilitia.com. But until next time, we look forward to chatting to you again then. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit GinaMilitia.com.